podcast great to be back with you here again today so right i told you i was going to bring you another podcast in quick succession after doing the last one because we had a a long spell in between the one before and the one before that so here i am i'm back and i'm rearing to go every now and again i gotta bring you these podcasts and every now and again i gotta bring you a podcast like this. <laughs> I don't enjoy doing these types of podcasts, but they have to happen because I was born and bred in London. Listen, you know I do lots of videos online. My workout videos that I put online, kickboxing workout videos. And someone commented on one of those videos and said, hey, this guy sounds like he's from England. And I didn't have to say anything because I got my girls just commented and said, well, yeah, <laughs> he is from England. He's from London. Noel Michael Smith, creator of Lofu Fitness. He is from London. And the guy said, oh, right, yeah. Um, we had to give him the rundown as to my background and what I've been doing and so forth and how long I've been working out for and teaching and so. And, you know, the guy turned around in the comment and said, okay, master. <laughs> oh, people, people, don't you just love them? But some of these people I'm going to be talking about, you don't love too much, man. I've been living, I've, as I said, I brought up in London, beautiful city. We used to call it the safe haven. Can't call it that way anymore. London is an amazing place. I love London at night. And I'm talking central London, around Trafalgar Square and the Houses of Parliament and Buckingham Palace and all those places. It's amazing around there. Central London City is also very nice. The West End, there are great places and they've been constantly developed all the time. And then you've got my area where I grew up in, Clapham. I don't like it too much now. It looks beautiful. It looks absolutely stunning. But people who travel into Clapham see it as it is now. But it wasn't always like that. There's three tiers, or if you like, four parts of Clapham. And Clapham is, well, yeah, four parts. It's divided up into four parts. So you've got Clapham South, Clapham Common, Clapham North, and a part of Clapham that isn't actually Clapham. And people call it Clapham, and that's Clapham Junction. Clapham Junction is Battersea. Let's take that out of the equation. And Battersea is going towards now that famous place called Wimbledon is going up that way. So we're going to take that out of the equation because that's not really Clapham. Clapham North. Let's start with Clapham South. Clapham South was always really posh. It was always the big houses up there, the nice cars and very clean. And then you came down to Clapham Common where the shops and the bars and the, um, the restaurants were. And it, it, it wasn't... It's a little bit more common, yeah? <laughs> Excuse the pun. And then you went down to Clapham North. Clapham North was a cheaper, run-down place, and you'll get some crack dealers and the weed down there being sold and all that kind of stuff. You know the kind of place I'm talking about. Yeah, that was Clapham North. You go there now, and Clapham is totally different. It's a changed place. They've run out all the locals there. The local people, 
<laughs> I don't know where they are. But it breaks my heart because it's a place, Clapham's a place I grew up in. It's my hometown. We used to play football, soccer, you may call it in the States, in the streets and have fun. And you cannot do that anymore. It's just yuppified. It just doesn't, I don't like it, man. It almost sickens me to know that my hometown has become this place. And it just seems to be a very money-orientated community right now as it stands and that's not a good thing because a community is built on people family friends trust people knowing each other people looking out for each other and that's what's gone people that are now living in Clapham a lot of them are rented accommodation because people have converted their big house into four apartments and renting it out to people so people now all the people that live in Clapham have no community feel. They're not part of the community. As far as they're concerned, it's a place to lay their head, get up in the morning, go to work, and go to the bars in the, in the afternoon, in the evening, on Saturday, Friday, Sunday, and have a good time in that way. Look, I don't begrudge them this. This ain't, it's not their fault. But somewhere down the line, something changed. And it changed for the worse, in my opinion. I'm going to come back to this and tell you why. Right, let's get into this show right now. This episode of Lofu Fitness Podcast is called Lawless London. Why? Because it's gone crazy out there, absolutely manic. I cannot even contemplate and believe that London would come to this. Violent crime is risen in the last year 60%. 60%, what the heck is that all about? I want to run down some stuff for you that I was reading this week alone, right? And this has happened in the last two weeks. 10-year-old boy sobbing in tears, having watching his father have his watch ripped off his arm. Michael McIntyre, our very own comedian here in the UK, very famous man, was driving, car stopped at lights, he had his windows smashed out and his items robbed from him right in front of his eyes. His son, again, I believe his son was in the car. This one is really ridiculously amazing. I'm embarrassed to be a Londoner. Australian camera crew filming the royal family was held up at gunpoint and they had their cameras stolen from them. Can you believe that? A camera crew come over from another country. We're inviting them here into the UK, into London, at my beautiful city of London. And the guys were held up at gunpoint by a balaclavered man um, and took their camera. Sickening, man. That was ridiculous. For the third time this month alone, a gang of men on mopeds <laughs> smashed a jewellery shop window and took all they can take and rode off into the sunset. This happened in broad daylight and it's happened in broad daylight the other times they did it also. But this one shocked the heck out of me. This woman that got attacked, a hundred years old, she survived the Holocaust. Who survived the Holocaust? She went through all of that only to end up with a broken neck from a criminal that was trying to rob her and in the struggle she ended up falling and breaking her neck and he took the belongings and went about his business that was just amazing you know she survived the holocaust only to end up like that yeah another one that i can go on and on but let me tell you some more this lady here 
holding her baby and she got attacked and stabbed. The man didn't stab her, he stabbed the child as well. The child was one years old. Madness. There's some mad stuff and I could go on with more stuff. Yeah? Boys are being stabbed and gang wars are going on and it's spilling over into West London and now the West London guys are taking note because this is happening to the ordinary everyday person. Crime is happening. It's, it's, it's lawless. Yeah, it's lawless. Look, Trump, my things aren't political. I don't go down that street. But he came out with something and said that London has lost its way a little bit. And I got to concur with that. Yeah, lost its way a little bit, all right. And it breaks my heart because I love this town. I love this city. There are a few things. I'm going to cover some stuff as we go on here. I remember going to Brazil many years ago. My ex-wife was cabin crew and I travelled all over the world. And Brazil was one of the places I had the pleasure of seeing on vacation and on business. Went to Sao Paulo on business and I went on vacation to Rio. Rio had some really poor, run-down areas right beside the rich. And I think that's what's developing here. We've got the filthy rich directly next door to the down-and-out poor. Now, <laughs> if, if this is not a good combination on any stretch of the imagination because the poor man's always going to want what the rich man's got. Now, I was brought up, of course. I was brought up to uh, understand if you want something, you strive, you work, you work hard, and you get it. That's right. Don't take something that someone else has worked hard to get. Because we can all do it or get there with hard work. Nothing in life is easy. But if you put a child in a sweet shop, you put a child in a candy store and say, look, I'm going to leave this candy store for a few hours you're in here on your own. Don't take anything. That's wishful thinking, man. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? You're going to come back. The candy store is going to be cleaned out, man. So if you put poor, rich, poor in that same scenario, in that same thing, and they're seeing people walking around with Rolex, iPhone 10, expensive Mac, driving Tesla cars, you got to be kidding, man. The temptation's too much. And they see these things way far out of their reach. Now I'm not condoning it. Yeah, I'm not saying these guys have got a right to go out and take what they don't earn. But there has to be some, some stuff being drawn here, man. You've got you to sit back and, and look at the bigger picture of what's going on. Police stations in London alone. I'm a Londoner, and I'm talking about London, right? And for those of you all in New York, L.A., Detroit, San Francisco, wherever you are out there in the States, just close your eyes and get a little picture of what I'm saying here, yeah? Now, <laughs> they have closed every conceivable local police station I could think of. I'm driving around, I'm thinking, where's that police station gone? Where's that police station gone? The cop stations have gone, man. There's none anywhere. Now, if you've got a cop station, I know you only have the big ones, and they're many miles away from each other, where the heck is a guy going to walk to? 
I'm talking about the policeman or the policewoman. Where are they going to walk to, man? Because they used to come out of the police station, walk around the town, the city, the country, and then walk back to the police station. Yeah, they used to cover some miles. But the kind of what they're asking them to do now is to cover the kind of miles that's unrealistic. I see them on bikes. I see them on mopeds. They're trying to cover some areas, but it isn't the same. The policemen and women do not know the community. And if they don't know the community, the community is going to be broken down. And it is broken down. If I know there's a high probability that I could break into this car, take that item, walk down the road as if nothing didn't happen, then you're going to do it. Well, I'm not going to do it for sure because I've been brought up the right way and my ethos don't allow me to do things like that, right? But other people don't have that. They don't have those ethical subroutines built into them. You and I have that for sure, but a lot of people do not. Do you know, let's go back to the closing of these police stations. There's no police stations all around the place, as I said before. There's money in the country, right? There is money in this, London is rich. You all come over here and see this country. There is a wealth of stuff going on here. I know this. I work in London. I work in the city. I see the cars. I see the houses. I see how they live. There is so much money in here. They are building. You come down, come to London, man. I'm telling you, pay the visit. They've got some beautiful apartments going up. You guys in the States, we're building an American embassy to die for out here. You know what they did? A place in Vauxhall, I lived there as well. One of the places where I grew up as a baby. They have totally revamped that era. You know what I heard they did? They're building the American embassy and they vetted out of vet every person that lives in that area and moved out the undesirable people. Now, I don't know how true this is. I don't know how legal that is. But I heard they did that. Yeah, they moved them out somehow. All I can say is that Vauxhall has changed. It's amazingly beautiful right now. And don't get me wrong, I love beautiful things, but beautiful things comes in all forms. You can have a ghetto that's beautiful. Beauty doesn't have to come with nice wide roads and big posh um, apartments and buildings and all you're doing is just moving people out and causing resentment and resentment is building up in London. I'm telling you, there's going to be a meltdown. Do you know what the police are concentrating on? Some of the things they're concentrating on. What I read the other day, they've just introduced gender neutral police hats. Gender neutral police hats. Right. So could they wore a cap in the first place, a man's cap? Let's lower the drop down the size. I've never I haven't seen this gender neutral police hat. I gotta go online and look at this stuff. But that's what they're spending the money on, right? Spend money on picking up criminals, people that are breaking the law. My car got broken into. My back window got broken into and they took my DSLR camera. No, I shouldn't have left it in there. I was doing a film shoot. I hardly carried a thing around with me because I've got my iPhone. People just film on their phone nowadays. But I was doing a film shoot, left it in there for about an hour or so, and I'm sure it was hidden because it was in the, the trunk of the car with the shelf pulled over. But maybe there was something they could have a little glance to see the rucksack and they just shut on my window and took the rucksack. I was devastated, man. And yeah, I heard there were mopeds as well. 
so somebody saw them doing it to other cars and riding off. Yeah, I've been victim of crime. A couple of times, actually. If I caught one, I'd wring his neck, literally. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like this wasting money, man, on this what, gender hats. What the heck? Go out there and catch some people. Now, the government in this country always look for the easy way out. So if you're a law-abiding citizen, they're going to get you all right. You do any little thing, they're going to clamp down on you and get you. But they don't want to get the guys who they know are terrorizing people. They know who these people are. They know they're on the, the local estates of that area. All they've got to do is go down there, kick the door down, get my stuff, give me back my camera and everyone else's things. I don't even care if the guy doesn't get locked up. Slap him around a couple of times, tell him not to do it again, but just give me my things back. <laughs> give me back my things, man. Yeah. Had that camera. That camera's been in my family for a long time. It's sad to see it go, but that's what happens. You've got to accept these things as they go on in your life. Even if you're driving down the road five miles an hour over the speed limit, man, the guy's ready to pull you up and put cuffs on you like you're a big-time criminal. <laughs> the easy way out. The easy way out. You can't even park wrong without the police giving you a hard time. It's just, there seems to be a little injustice going out there between the man who's doing the right thing and the man who's doing the wrong thing. Certainly the man who's doing the right thing is coming off the worst at the moment. They want to stop and search, right? And they say police should do more stop and search. But black people or ethnic minority don't like that word, but people of color, let's use that, get stuck more than the white man. Now, I don't know how true or false that is. I'm not going to go down that road. But what I would say is that stop and search is like teaching. You have to have psychology in that method. And the psychology is that you've got to know who to stop and who not to stop. You can't just stop a man because you think he looks suspicious. People look suspicious all the time. I'll tell you a little incident that happened to me not so long ago. Well, it was about two years ago. I was walking, you know, they've changed the landscape of Vauxhall. I told you that, yeah? <laughs> so my mother, I went to visit my mother and she sent me down the shops. And I said, yeah, mum, no problem. There's a shop down, just down the road. I was walking and walking and walking and I couldn't find the shop. I thought I was going crazy. I, took, I doubled back. I thought I passed it and then crossed over the road. I crossed back again. I moved. I walked further down. And my, mom li my mother lives in Starkwell, right? And I was walking down almost to Vauxhall. I said, what? This is not correct. Something's going on here. A police van passed me. I didn't think anything of it because police fans pass me all the time. I'm still looking around for this shop and I'm scratching my head. I'm thinking, you know what? I am sure this shop is here. I've been there many times before at this supermarket. Sainsbury's. We have a store here in the UK. I don't know if they have it in the States called Sainsbury's. And it was a Sainsbury's local. Couldn't find it. The police van doubled back and stops me. Open the sliding doors and four men get out and surround me. <laughs> <laughs> that's how many men did I look that tough and I say what you look like you're looking for something I said you're damn right I'm looking for something I'm looking for a shop why are you looking for a shop 
and I'm finding this line of questioning real peculiar. I said, officer, is there any reason for this questioning? Can I look for a shop? He said, you look a little sus suspicious, a little lost. I said, you're crazily right I'm lost. My mother sent me out to do some shopping. I know I've been to a Sainsbury's here before and I cannot find it. Know what the man said to me? Oh, that Sainsbury's has been knocked down. They're building a huge one just there. They proceed to ask me where I'm from, where do I live. I said, I live in Rygate. You're a bit far from home. Yeah. <laughs> My mother lives here and I live there. There are some people, their mother lives in America and they live in the UK. That's ridiculous. You could go anywhere and see anybody. What just line of questioning? But I don't get angry, right? I just told them what they needed to know and they got back in their van and left me alone. But the moral of the story is that this stop and search thing, there's got to be some psychology in it, right? Because I have psychology when I teach. I don't just correct anybody. Some people may want correction. Some people may not want correction. Some people may be doing it wrong, the exercise wrong, and you want to go over and correct them, but you've got you to gotta look at the person. Is that the person that's going to be receptive to your correction at this time? And there's different styles of teaching. There's passive teaching. Yeah. There's coercive teaching. There's teaching by touch, teaching by sight teaching by direction, teaching by sound, and you've got to choose the type that you want that person to be corrected by because I've got 30, 40, 50 people in the class and there are different characters. So as a police officer, you've got to have the psychology to stop and search the person that you believe warrants stopping and searching. You look at their body composition. Where are their hands? Do you think they've got a knife in them? Do you, are they wearing a long coat? Are they appropriately dressed for that type of the year? Are they wearing shoes, trainers, boots, hat, all of this stuff, you know? Are they clean? Are they unclean? There's a lot of things you could look at. Look at the shape. Look at where they're looking. Are they, do they know where they're going? Are they looking at um, anything in particular? It's just, uh, you've got to look at all. You've got to take a lot of things into consideration when you're doing that stuff. That's what psychology is about. Psychology is about reading the situation, reading somebody and reading the signs. And they need to have this. So stop and search is a good thing because people are going around with guns and knives and they shouldn't have those things on them. But you, the, the policemen, police ladies, I've got to know who to do it to. And you cannot pick on one colour. cannot pick on people of colour, just like you cannot pick on a certain amount of white people. Yeah? So that's where I stand on the stopping and searching. Know where your children are. These guys, people are going around robbing and stabbing and shooting. I hear they're young. 13, anything from 13 upwards. What do you believe that? <laughs> a 13-year-old stabbing people, shooting people? Where are the parents? I've got a 28-year-old, a 25-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 6-year-old. I always know where my children are, even to this day. It's my job. I'm the father, right? Eating around the table is a family event, and I love the family event. I love eating around the table. There's people who 
bring the tray of food and put on their lap. And some families could get away with that. I have a good friend and she and her family does that. People cannot get away with that right now in this day and age. You've got to bring the food, put around the table and that's where people eat because kids don't have any boundaries and you can't tell them off. And that's another thing. I'll come to a story in a minute. You cannot, they've got no boundaries. You give them a little bit of leeway, say, hey, you can have your food here, then everywhere. They go to a restaurant, they go anywhere, go to a friend's house and they want to do that. They just want to eat on the floor, eat with the food around their lap, eat on the sofa and that's not something. And that's the breakdown in family communication. you got to break down in family communication, you're going to have that breakdown on the street. Things have got to be habit. And if it's habit, it becomes second nature to the person. Oh, I've got this food. Where's the table? All of this is relative. It's all relative, man. Take part in your children's activities. Don't let your kids just go out and say, here, go to this club, go to that club. If you're going to send your child tennis, make sure you're a tennis player. If you're going to send your child to do roller skating, make sure you can roller skate. If you're going to send your child out to bike ride, make sure you can bike ride. Do things with them. Let them see that you're involved. You can do all this stuff as well. Don't just fend them out to other people to do this and that. Yeah, This is all about keeping it tight, keeping a, a close, tight net on your children. And yeah, I know you've got to hold down two jobs. I know that you maybe got to hold down three jobs. But you have to try and find a way because you know when your child is being gunned down, you're going to say to yourself, I should have spent some time with him or her. And also, cover any subject. If they ask you a question, just answer the question. Don't be shy of any question. My daughter used to ask me about female stuff, my older daughter. And I had to dig deep and go down that route, man. And it's all relative because you're bringing your relationship between you and your daughter or your son closer. So they're going to feel bad about going out and going behind your back and doing wrong stuff. Let them have that close connection with you. Touch as well, yeah? Hug your children. I call it tactile love. My kids sit down on the sofa. We've always done this. You, my older children, we've always done this. Sit down on the sofa. We will hug up and we'll watch a movie. It's a nice thing. Now, animals do that, don't they? You know, lions and tigers and, and they do it in the wild so that the smell, the scent passes from one to the other. You create that family bond, that closeness. And no one could get in between that. No one could infiltrate that. No gang member could come in between your family and say, hey, I want you to do this behind your father's back or behind your mother's back. You've got to create a bond so tight that it's impenetrable. Got me? Am I making sense to you all here? Limit your computer um, network. You've got to limit that. Right. The computer thing. We live in this society now where they can go on a computer and see what people are doing out in China, doing in Australia. And if they're doing bad things over there, they might have some trend that's going around. They go online, they see what that is, and they bring it to your community. This is not good. So try and minimize that. I know they've got phones and stuff and you cannot keep a control all the time, but you just got to do the best you can. I have a tech show, listen to that. I don't have a tech show. I had a show about tech security. I stand corrected. I wouldn't do a tech show.
<laughs> I love listening to tech podcasts, but these guys are way above me on that. I learn from these guys. I don't teach that. Hey, this is a big one. I love this one. Remember what you were like as a child. And this comes back into doing what your children do when, when you give them activities or send them out to do activities or buy them a bike or some rollerblades or whatever it may be. Badminton's a thing that I love doing with my kids. Remember what you were like as a child. I always say to my children, you cannot pull the wool over my eyes. I'm too clever for you. All of them, the young ones and the older ones. Why? Because I was your age. And all the things you're trying on me, I've already tried on my parents. <laughs> you're damn right. I see them trying the same tricks that I used to try on my kids. My little daughter, my eight-year-old, thinks she's smarter than me. I suss her every time. You know what I said? I said to one of my daughters, and I'm not going to say this, my older daughter, I love her, but I ain't going to talk her business out there. But they, they're not clever than me. Because I've been where they've been, right? I was no saint as a child. I had my moments. So for them to think they're the first one that invented this scheme, <laughs> they're far from it. So when I say to y'all, remember what you were like when you were 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15, whatever age. You cannot forget that because for you to forget that is opening a door for your child to come and exploit it. All right? Stay a child yourself. That's for real. That's the, out of everything today, that's the best bit of advice I'm going to give you. Right? You're going to go back to that and think back and you're going to say, yeah, I remember that and my son or daughter tried that on me. Because y'all forget, particularly you beautiful women out there, y'all forget. And what's broken down also is respect to elders. Come on, man. You know, it's all the crime and stuff going on. You can see what's going on there. Respect to elders. Just, just when I was growing up, and we kicked the ball under someone's car or banged it on their glass or whatever it may be, we used to say sorry. You know, there, it was a, an elderly person told you off. You didn't answer back on the street. Now they don't give a damn what age you are. Let me tell you a little incident that happened the other day. I've got my kids that go to a kickboxing class just down the road from where I live. I was going to get there late. So I text on ahead using Siri, I may add. That's the iPhone's talking assistant. Keep your hands on the wheel when you're driving. You got what I'm saying? <laughs> Always. So I use the Siri talking assistant to contact the parents and so they were ready they were all good I knew that I was going to turn up five minutes late I get there the five minutes late I said I was going to get there I go into the room and badminton courts are still set up the two nets are still up I'm saying what the heck's going on here I asked I went to the receptionist and it seemed like the manager was on the reception so I asked the manager look I've got a class going on here and, I said, and the courts are still up. I said oh yeah sure so she got this lady this girl it's a girl she got her to go and do the net and she was so slow. She was ever so slow. So I got the one of the bars, what the net is held on, and tried to wheel it over there. The woman's grabbing a thing from me and saying, no, 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 I'll do it. I said, can you speed up a little? I'm already running late and you're taking your time. You know, the girl goes, I don't like your tone. What? She don't like my tone? This girl who's no older than 21, 
don't like my tone. You're the one that's taking your time. I got a class to do and you got no urgency in you. And not only that, I was trying to help you out. <laughs> for, for real? I said, I went over to her and said, how old are you? She said she was 22. I said, right, this is my age. Yeah, I got children older than you. I got 28-year-old son, 25-year-old daughter. She said, what's that got to do? I said, it's got a lot to do with it. I said, you respect your elders, right? I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to help you out. And you're getting a hump. And the moral of the story here is that people that are of a younger age do not know how to be spoken to. They cannot deal with anyone speaking to them. They've grown up in society where no one could tell them anything. They're always right. I went to boys' brigade, scouts, martial arts, boxing. Wherever I went, there was always a high level of discipline. My sensei or my instructor or my teacher says, A is A. Deal with it. As someone on the street that was older than me said something I should do or not do, deal with it. Yeah, you know when you've done something wrong, just deal with it. You know, and this extends from deluded parents as well. Parents thinking that their children butter wouldn't melt in their mouth. Their child wouldn't do any wrong. I have, my children, when someone says my child has done this or that, I'm going to go to my child and say, why did you do that? Because <laughs> I, I know when my child has done something wrong, I know the character of my children. I know the character of my children. And some people are living the cloud cuckoo land, man. They just get their children, just pull the wool over their eyes. So when their kids have gone astray, and it's not just the boys, ladies, you girls out there with kids, it's not just the boys. The girls are going out and stabbing and shooting and committing crime just the same. You gotta know the the you gotta know your child. And don't let them con you, because they will. They will give you one face here and give other people another face there. So when they come back to you and someone says, hey, done this and told me off and whatever it may be and you go around to that parent's house and go and smashing down the door and doing all that stuff the child's just playing you you're being played yeah don't get played man football I'm almost done it's a long podcast I know that I haven't done a long one in a long time just that there's a lot of longs there <laughs> alright anyway Football or soccer, atrocious. People complain about taking their children to see various movies that are 12 rated and certain games that they're playing on, on the video games, but they allow them to go to football games. And the language is violent. The um, football players are paid astronomical amount of money. It's too much money for them to be paid. Because what happens with that comes power they can't handle. They have no respect for their managers. They've got no respect for authority. They think they're above the law. They spit swear. There's not one footballer role model. 
I used to think Garolinica was one of them, but he's like, he's a womanizer, man. Not to have anything against womanizers, right? Man wants to have a good time, have a good time. But I'm not keen on the way he's doing it right now. Yeah, man's a married man, needs to settle down, do his thing and whatever. But I've kind of lost the love for that guy. Coming back to Clapham, Clapham, Clapham. My sunny town of Clapham. Now, you know why I started with Clapham. Because you need a community. Everyone needs to know each other. And without that person, you know, when when I lived in Clapham, coming back, my mother used to leave the door open. You wouldn't get somebody coming in there and taking our TV and stuff. Because everybody knew everybody. People knew it was my house. I knew Darren's house. George's house, Angela's house, Denise, all these guys, all these people. We could just roam into their house in all honesty. This girl, doors open, go into Miss Richard's house. That was Jennifer Richard's mother. Go into Miss Richard's house, sit down, have a tea, whatever. She see me in there, oh, hi, Noel. That's what it was like in our community. Think we could do that now? They don't know each other. And if you don't know people, they're strangers. And strangers somehow don't look after each other as much as friends. Community. It's bad out there. I haven't got the answers. But I hope that some of the things I was saying today would shed some light on my beautiful and loved city of London. It's an amazing city. Whatever I said to you all out there, you ladies and gentlemen in the States, Please come over. I look after you. I make it my sole purpose to show you around the town. Have I opened myself up for something here? Come over nevertheless. It's a great place. Listen, I'm going. It's been a long podcast, but I'm sure you are listening and staying on Tenderhook for the whole lot. I'll see you next time. My name is Noel Michael Smith. And you're listening to the Low Food Fitness Lifestyle Podcast. Stay real safe. It's a dangerous place out there, but I want you to stay safe. All right, everybody. Take care. Bo! Oh.